Good morning and welcome to Stony Brook Church. We are so glad that you have found us here on this beautiful day that we have gathered together in all of the unique ways that we are gathered to worship God. I am Reverend Jennifer Casey and I bring you greetings on behalf of today's preacher, the Reverend Mary Jo Yagel. This week is our third week of live streaming and we are learning a lot about live streaming and all of the technical things that happen behind the scenes. We have heard some feedback that uh, some people are noticing a little pause between the words that are coming out of our mouth and the sound. If that is happening on your computer or your TV, however you may be watching us this morning, we have learned that if you pause the video for about a minute or two and then uh, start the video up again, the words and the sound should catch back up together. So that is our suggestion this week to help you help uh, troubleshoot your live streaming. Yesterday, we gathered via Zoom to bless the second Habitat for Humanity home that we built walls for last year. Uh, we gathered together to bless the Mamadou and the Tiam family uh, as they are getting ready to move into their new home. And as I was uh, sitting there on Zoom watching the uh, videographer move through the house and give us a tour, here's what I was thinking. Behind these beautifully painted walls, behind the drywall is a house filled with studs that have been blessed by Stony Brook Church. You all have hammered those walls together. You have written blessing on the wood, scripture and prayers for this family. And it just brought such joy to my heart to know that this community of believers have come together to help this family have a new home. And so we are just ever so grateful for the ways that you continue to be in mission and ministry through Stony Brook Church. For all of you who brought in back-to-school supplies, we give thanks for your gift. Uh, those school supplies have made their way to Grin and then will be distributed to the children in the Gahanna community that are in need of those this school year. And finally, we are going to be blessing students and educators and support people in our school systems this year in our worship service today. And so you are invited, if you haven't already done so, to go grab your backpack or your laptop or your pens or your pencils or whatever it is that you use to help you with your school year. Go grab those so that we can bless those items and bless you later in worship. At this time, I invite you to uh, enjoy the prelude, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and help it prepare your heart for worship. Thank you. 
will you join me in a spirit of prayer? With open arms, you welcome all who call on your name, who acknowledge you as Lord and look to you in faith. No one stands outside the circle of your mercy and love, and so we come to offer you our worship, to declare that you are our God and that we are your people, called and chosen by you from the very beginning. Through the presence of your Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see you here, open our minds to receive your truth and our mouths to speak and sing your praise. For you alone are God, worthy of all praise and worship, now and to the end of time. Amen. I'm Pastor Mary Jo, and I know I'm new to you, but I can't wait to get to know you. We're blessing our backpacks and our tools that we use for school and all kinds of stuff. And I know that many of you are ready to help us do this together as the Stony Brook Congregation. Here we go. God of joy and light, pour out your blessing upon these students, families, teachers, administrators, and support staff. Bless their backpacks, their Chromebooks, their computers, their virtual classrooms, buses, and school buildings, and all the preparations that help build a strong and safe year for everyone. 
let us go into our world, our schools, and our homes and be Christ-like. Our light will not be diminished amidst the change. Lord, help us find ways to shine even brighter. We will be the light of love to all. We will be the light of patience when days are long, when technology does not work, when new ways of doing things are hard. We will be thankful for the light of our lives who work hard to create fun, engaging, and challenging ways to lead our students. We will be the light of joy for a new school year new friends, and new ways of learning. We are Christ's light in the world. Amen.
Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. Thank you to our young disciples for bringing us today's scripture. Now, if you would join me in a spirit of prayer. You turn to look at us and you see our tears, O God. Your ear bent to us, our weeping is heard. You call us closer and wrap your arms around us. We are held close, close to your bosom and we are home, safe, comforted, and at peace. This week has brought us much to weep over. Natural disaster devastation in Iowa, an explosion in Baltimore, and the ramifications of the pandemic continue all around us. We're prevented from visiting loved ones in the hospital and in our senior care facilities. Those interactions that are permitted feel distant and sterile. Oh God, we're terrified over the impending school year. We'll all be safe. And when schooling happens at home, will we be able to juggle it all? The decisions required of leaders and parents and everyone in our community is exhausting. We can't do it all, and so we turn it over to you. We echo the voice of the Canaanite woman when we say, have mercy upon us, Lord, for we are tormented. Remind us to have faith, for we know you are in control. Show us this time in our history is not the end of the story and shimmer hope in ways that we can't help but have it infused in our beings. We pray all of this in the name of the one who calls us home as he shimmers hope eternal, Christ Jesus. And we now join our voices together, praying the prayer that he taught us by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Would you pray with me? And now, almighty God, either through or in spite of this, thy servant, speak to these, your beloved ones, who are here in their hearts with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The introduction to this Canaanite woman is one that came a long time ago. Now I will share with you that she was called the Syrophoenician woman because I was enjoying a seminary class that studied the Gospel of Mark. So my first introduction to her was through that form. And I realized that there were so many nuances to just these few verses that it took, oh, weeks, months, years for me to begin to really integrate the wisdom of that woman. Today, she is the Canaanite woman. And she brings to us a holy moment of self-discovery and self-awareness and an authentic moment of walking with Jesus. Let's take a moment to set the stage. First of all, she has a need. She has a child whom she literally would probably die for. At least that's my experience of parents. They would give anything to bring wholeness to their little ones. And so she has come to Jesus, a man outside of her group of acceptable friends, and she comes with her whole heart. She lets it be known that she thinks she knows who he is and the power that he possesses, but she also acknowledges that she can be dismissed. And so what does she do? She makes herself bigger than life. She gets loud. Scripture tells us that Jesus literally did not respond to her. But in her annoying behaviors, the disciples did respond by saying, Jesus, would you please do something about this woman? It's really a problem. The story continues on with her coming to him and bowing before him, and they have an authentic conversation, one where he says, I was sent to my people. And then she does this most important thing. She says, I know that. I hear that. Yes. You were sent to your people, yet... And then she goes on and speaks to the situation from her perspective. And they stand for this moment side by side, looking at the situation together, and you can almost feel Jesus' shift. A line in the sand has come in the middle of this moment. If we were back in the Gospel of Mark, this would be a moment of significant importance because until this moment with this woman, Jesus has been very intentional about who he speaks to and who he offers his message to. But from this moment on, 
he turns his face to include the Gentiles. It is a holy and sacred shift. And in all honesty, if it weren't for that shift, I don't know where I would be. I don't know where you would be. This yet, I understand what you're saying, yet I want to tell you where I am. There is a, a great and holy moment in this because what she says is, even a crumb of your message will be enough. Even the smallest microcosm of a gift will bless my life and I would be satisfied. Each Sunday we pray the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, where it says, heaven come down. These kisses and moments where we can actually experience the goodness that Jesus is bringing to our hearts. These, yes, I hear what you're saying, yet I would offer where I am to the conversation is very much about what we are in our everyday lives. A privilege of experiencing different churches is that you get to have these holy moments that you don't know were holy until later on. The church was very much blessed with a powerful music director who thoroughly enjoyed bringing high school students from all over Ohio to come together for what was called honors choir and they would come on Friday and they would spend the weekend preparing music and then on Sunday afternoon the honors choir and the honors band would celebrate a great concert. But what do you do with kids on Sunday morning? You can't just let them go anywhere. You have to have a program for them. So the director came to the church folk and said, could you help me feed them breakfast? Sure, we can feed them breakfast. Could you help me feed them lunch? Uh, yeah, but what do we do with them in between? Well, why don't they sing in church? And we all went, well, will they want to? Well, if you feed them, they will. And so feed them we did as they came into the church and traveled up the steps to the balcony that circled all three sides, there was a progressive breakfast and they could grab and go and sit in the pews and eat their breakfast and do their cell phone stuff and all the things that high school students do. As worship began, they would sort of participate except what they didn't know is that the entire service was designed for them. So the songs that we sang had interesting facets of youth and how important they are. When they came to present their music, everybody was able to enjoy 103 high school voices, united singing from the heavens. It was a glorious moment. 
after we had shared in the worship service where we talked about the baptism of Jesus, where Jesus drew a line in the sand and said, nevermore will I turn away from the ministry to which I am called. It's now time to move fully into it. After crossing and making that line in the sand, we went downstairs and had lunch. But what they didn't know is that at each table that was seated for 12 youth, there were two shepherds at the table asking questions, encouraging them to tell their story of their lives. Because you see, it wasn't just that we wanted to feed their bodies, we wanted to encourage their souls. And there is nothing like a youth who is experiencing the moment of being asked freeing questions that allows them to draw a line in the sand and turn themselves fully to the work that's at hand. I don't know if you understand this about millennials. Millennials are the younger ones amongst us, much younger than me. But the one thing we're real clear about this tribe of youth is that they want to know that their lives matter for something, that they're going to make an impact, that it's important for them to hear that they are a part of the world. Yes, yet we want to matter also. This power of investing into youth that we literally would never see again. What happened as a result of honors choir and sitting in the balcony and listening to someone talk about the baptism of somebody named Jesus and having dinner together? I can't tell you. I don't know. But this I do know. It is one at a time that we can share this love with others. It is our decision to understand that once that we have received this awesome yes from God, that we are now willing to turn our face fully to offering the yes to others. And the prayer of the church as they left the building was, may just one of you Understand that Jesus is real and cares about you, just one of you, it would all be worth it. One day I walked into a restaurant and I saw over in the corner one of the choir members. Now the reason I say that is because he was very quick to inform me that he was a choir member, not a member of the church. I always find um, the lines that we draw interesting. And I said, that's cool. Walked into the restaurant and there he was, sitting by himself. <sighs> so I sucked off all my courage and I said, went up to him and I said, could I sit with you? And his response came like a flash. Only if you don't try to save me. Now, 
I have experienced moments in my life where I say the right thing not because I'm in charge of what I'm saying, but because God has gotten a hold of my brain and actually offers the goodness. My quick response was, it's not my job to save you. It's my job to love you. And he laughed, invited me to join. We broke bread together and shared the holiest of moments. Friends, the Canaanite woman represents the people that are easy to dismiss, easy to overlook, easy to ignore. But today, we remember that when she and Jesus came into each other's presence, neither of them were the same as a result. And at the end of their time together, Jesus, truly blessed by the faith of this woman, says, your daughter is healed because of your faith. And she was. Oh Lord, give us the courage to understand that each of us has our strengths and our opinions and our wisdom. And yet when we walk side by side with each other, we have a better chance of listening to each other and being strong to cross into the age where only the kingdom of love matters. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I do give thanks for the way in which we have shared time together in this morning, for the way in which you offer your gifts of life and love wherever you go, through the encouragement to your church, through the encouragement to your community, through your encouragement to the world. A benediction is a time for us to put a line in the moment that this brings us to the end of our worship service, but on the absolute declaration that now we live and practice what God has revealed to us through this time. Let us say these words of benediction you with your, with your uh, home community and from this house of God. May the peace of Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm, and may he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing again into our doors. And the people said, Amen. Mm -hmm.